Thanks for joining us today at City Life. We believe today's message will empower you and point you towards Jesus. But remember that church is so much more than a message you listen to. It's a living, breathing community that we invite you to be a part of. We hope to see you on a Sunday morning at City Life, in person or online. Lift, what a great series. We could all use a little boost right now, couldn't we? Yeah, it's uh, it's a great season for just getting getting a little lift, and uh, those online, welcome. And uh, I want to t- talk today. Um, I, I kind of had a hard time deciding what to title this, so it was you know we we uh, we get assigned titles, and we, like Monica and I assign ourselves titles. To be honest, actually, she basically assigns me a title and tells me what I'm going to speak on, and I make it fit. Um, but uh, we thought this uh, lifting is a good good theme for the month of January, and uh, I want to talk about dreams, darkness, and disappointment. How does that sound for encouraging? <clears throat> and uh, I want to tell a story about a man and his son, who God both gave God, God gave both of them dreams. And I want to start with the man Jacob, who was given a dream. He was Jacob is is a case study in struggle. If you look at the life of Jacob, and uh, you can read his, the account of his life in the, in the book of Genesis, he is a, his life was a struggle from the very beginning. And he was struggling for his identity. He struggled for blessing. He struggled for purpose. He struggled for, he just struggled. And uh, he was he was taking a journey. It's in Genesis 28, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna kind of sum these up quick because I have a bit of story to tell today. And uh, he he was struggling for his identity and purpose. He's on this journey. He's camping in the middle of basically the middle of nowhere. He's he he takes a rock and he uses it as his pillow. That's struggling right there. And if you weren't struggling before, you'd be struggling the next day after using a rock for a pillow. And uh, it says, as he was sleeping, he said, he saw the Lord standing above them. And he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father, Abraham, the God of Isaac. And I will give to you and your children after you the land where you are lying. And uh, he, Jacob did not know if he was going to be blessed or not. He did not know if he was going to receive the promise or not. And so God appears to him and says, you, are, you and your children are going to receive the land where you're lying. They will be like the dust of the earth. You will spread out to the west and the east and the north and the, and the south. And good will come to all the families of the earth because of you and your children. What a promise. It's not just, not just you and your family and you guys are going to be able to stay home and watch Netflix together and be happy and play some games and have a barbecue. Yeah. It says the whole nations of the earth are going to be blessed because of what I'm going to pour into you. See, I am with you. I will care for you everywhere you go and I will bring you again to this land for I will not leave you until I have done all the things I promised you. And then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place and I did not know it. Just say that with me. I did not know it. Let me ask you, what's your place right now? What is the place that you are occupying right now 
that God is with you, but you don't know it? What are the things, what are the dreams that you're not sure of? But God has put them in some season of your life. God put them into your life. And you need to recognize that in this season, even though it might be dark or it might be disappointing, God is still there. Surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. What is this place for you? This place is the specific place and conditions and time in which I am located. And I want to tell you, God is always present in our moment. God is always present in your place. It's just we're not always aware of what he's doing. We're not always aware of how he's working or how he's moving. And in Jacob's struggle, God God appears. And what's the first thing that God speaks to? God speaks to vision. He, He says, look at the dust. There's a lot of dust in the desert just in case you're wondering. There's a lot of dust. He says, your children will be like the dust. They will spread from the east to the west, and the whole earth is going to be blessed. He starts speaking promise. He starts speaking potential to the situation that Jacob is in, and he promises you you and your, your, your family, your offspring, they will return to this land. Well, if you know your Bible history that promise didn't get fulfilled for 400 years because Jacob never settled in that land. Jacob finished his life in Egypt. So it was, that was a promise that was speaking 400 years down the road. But God was saying, this is going to, this, this will happen. This promise will take place. And I, I want to tell you, whatever you're facing, God will speak to you, God will speak promise before he'll speak to the problem. God will speak promise before he speaks to the problem. You know, one of the things you notice in reading the stories of the heroes of faith is that nobody's story is the same. When you, when you read the, the stories, if you go, go to Hebrews chapter 12 and, and read, the, read the story, the different accounts of the, the, different, the different people, and they're, they're all different. Every single, God... God worked differently in every single one, but he worked in every single one. Each of us has to discover how God is in this place, in our place. Especially when you're in the middle of the desert sleeping on a rock. That's where you have to discover how, where God is in this place. So many stories, they seem to be starting with the theme, God isn't in this place. And God shows up, and, and he starts to speak promise. Let's look, at, let's look at Jacob's son, Joseph. And Joseph starts his life. Joseph, uh, Joseph was Jacob's favorite, and Jacob let the rest of the family know that Joseph was Jacob's favorite. Now, I don't know if you're, like, uh, if, you, if you study psychology and relationships at all, that is not a great way to set a, a good, um, what would you say, a good tone in your family. Yeah, this kid, this is my favorite. The rest of you suck. And it, this is going to create some problems. And then Joseph, Joseph, he's not the humblest. Of He's kind of the bratty 
And then what happens? God gives him a dream. And in that dream, he sees the sun, the moon, and the stars bow down to him. And God gives him the interpretation of the dream. It's, this is my mother and father, and all my brothers and siblings, are go you're all going to bow down to me. Now, we could teach lessons in humility, but this one seems like it's ripe. <laughs> For some uh, school of hard knocks learning. And of course, if you know the story of Joseph, Joseph gets some hard knocks learning. His brothers did not embrace his vision with the same enthusiasm that he communicated it to his family. Even his dad, Jacob, is just like, Joseph, you should shut up. Like, you're saying, I'm going to bow down to you? What, what's your problem, kid? Um, the, the problem is that God actually gave him the dream. He just wasn't great at communicating the dream. He lacked some other, uh, what would you say, essential traits in his character that were necessary. And, uh, of course, the story is that Joseph's brothers plot against him. They actually plot to kill him. And then it, it was Reuben that interceded, and it's like, guys, we can't kill our brother. We, let's just, let's throw him in a pit and figure out what we're going to do with him. And so they end up selling him into slavery. And so he ends up in Egypt in slavery. He ends up, uh, he ends up serving. And uh, he ends up serving in, in, a, in Potiphar's house. Potiphar's wife ac accuses him of sexual harassment. And Potiphar is enraged and he throws, he throws Joseph into prison. And Joseph ends up in prison. We see here Genesis chapter 39. So Potiphar, Joseph's master, put him in prison and locked him up in the place where the king's prisoners were confined. And Joseph remained there for a time. But there in jail, everybody say, but there in jail. God was still with Joseph. God was still with Joseph. Even though Joseph was in disappointment, he was in a place of darkness, he was with Joseph. And uh, another, another way you could word that was God was in that place. God was in that place. It wasn't a great place, but God was still in that place. And there's three words there that just caught my attention that says, Joseph remained there for a time. For a time. Three words we can very easily miss in our morning devotions, but they carry such a profound meaning. We miss those for a time. The, the time was actually three years that Joseph spent in prison. This is 13 years from the time he was sold into slavery by his brothers. There was this for a time. Joseph had this vision of greatness, and yet there's this time where nothing is great. Nothing is great. And Joseph was faced with a choice in this time of lockdown. Do I fall into despair or do I lift my gaze back to my creator? Do I lift my gaze back up? And this, you know, God, in these four a time moments, God is still with us. 
And what he does is in these times, he encourages it. Lifts, you know, why does God give a vision? God gives a vision because there's seasons where you're going to need to have a vision to get through them. Why does God speak to our heart in a good season? Because good seasons don't just stay good all the time. They, we, go through, we go through times where there's struggle. We go through times where there's questioning, where there's doubt, where there's darkness. And Joseph needed to see something greater in the long season of darkness and disappointment and betrayal. He needed to see something greater than the circumstances he was in. So how do we get, get through those for a time moments well? Well, the, the first thing is we lift. There it is. We lift our gaze. We lift our gaze. We don't, we don't get focused just on what is front of, in front of us. God gave Jacob and Joseph a compelling vision because he knew that their experience would break them without it. He gave them a compelling vision for the future so that, so that when they were going through the hardest seasons of their life, they would have the strength to continue on. You know, one of the things I've noticed is when God speaks, especially when he gives that dream or he gives that vision, it usually gets worse before it gets better. It usually gets harder before it gets easier. I would just like God to speak and then it be done. I would just like things to be easier, please. I don't like struggles. But the time, you know, the time that we're struggling the hardest, that's when vision is actually the most important. That's where it's the most important we're lifting our gaze. When, when, our, when our families are struggling, that's when it's most important that we have a vision for a healthy family. Yeah. What is vision? I like Andy Stanley's version. Uh, his definition of vision is not just how things could be, but a compelling picture of how they should be. What should be in our life? What, sh what our life should look like emotionally? What our, our, what our families should look like relationally? What our church should look like in our community? That's what vision is. It's not just, oh, this would be nice. It's just, no, this really should be. This is really what should happen. This is really the way the church should look in our community. This is really the way our family should relate to one another. This is really the way that, that my friendships should look. And the time we need vision the most is when it seems the least likely to happen. That's when we need to, we need to lift our gaze again. When our families are the most strained, that's when we need vision for healthy family the most. When our marriages are going through tough seasons, that's where we need that renewed vision for a strong and vibrant marriage. When our business or our career seems to be falling apart, that's where it's most important that we have that, that renewed vision. We lift our gaze. And church, when we cannot gather the way we once did, where everything seems different, that's where we need that fresh vision of what can be. We 
we were listening as a staff to a leadership lesson this week, and there was some great points on vision in there. And uh, what does vision do for us? What happens when we lift our gaze off of just what's, what's right in front of us and look at the bigger picture of our lives? This vision, first of all, leads us to the, to, into our best possible future. Vision leads us into our best possible future. You know, Proverbs, it says, where there's no vision, we perish. And that literal definition of that word perish means we just wander until we die. It's not an encouraging thought. No, it's not. And, you know, though, when, when vision starts to wane, I ask myself a simple question. Where will giving up get me? You know, where will giving up, what, what does giving up look like in 10 years or in five years? If I give up, because you can't just give up and then be given up. You're going to go from there. And you, you know what? And don't we all know it that down the road, even if we give up down the road, we know we're probably going to pick it up again or wish we had picked it up again? So where will giving up leave me if I give up? It's a great time to renew vision. Vision safeguards our spirit from being overcome by current limitations and restrictions, literally. You know, it, vision safeguards our spirit from being overcome by small problems. Vision keeps us inspired. Vision helps us make the best long-term decisions. Vision helps, help, it prevents us from caving into smallness. You know, in this season, we have to fight for vision like it matters. We have to fight for vision like it matters. You know, when, when God came to Jacob's grandfather, Abraham, when, when he first came to him, he told Abraham, Abraham, I want you to come out of your tent and I want you to look at the stars of the sky. And this, as your descendants are going to be like the stars of the sky. And you know, in our lives, there's times we just need to get out of our tents. We just need to get out of the, the situations we're in and just look at something bigger and greater. Vision pulls us out of our limited focus and it gets us to look at a bigger, better picture. Get out of the tent of our current circumstances and look at the expansiveness of what God has for us. Allow God to challenge our thinking. And I'll tell you, if you're really hearing God, it will challenge your thinking. If you're really listening to him, you, there'll be times that you'll go, I don't know. I don't know if that can happen. Because he's a big God. I love this. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, Paul is encouraging the Corinthian church to just to be bigger, to, to think bigger. And he says this, dear, dear Corinthians, I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide open spacious life. We didn't fence you in. The smallness you feel comes from within you. Your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. Oh, man. That's like a St. Paul slap your face. 
I'm speaking as plainly as I can with great affection. Open up your lives, live openly, and live expansively. The problem was they were getting reduced down in their thinking, getting reduced down in their experience. And in this this 4A time moment in in our history of the world, don't let yourself get reduced down to smallness. Allow yourself to walk outside and look at the stars and think, maybe God has something more than, what, just, than just this for a time moment. Lift your gaze. Lift your gaze and then lift your hands. Lift your gaze and then lift your hands. Ecclesiastes 5, it says, for a dream comes with much work. A dream comes with much work. In other words, vision takes place, or vision happens when we get busy. Vision happens when we get busy. And it was, it was through, if you look at the life of Joseph, it was actually through his service to others that the vision that God gave him as a child was fulfilled. As he served in prison, he began to earn the respect of his masters. He began to earn the respect of the other prisoners. And it was as he served others that the fulfillment of what God spoke to him actually came to pass to the place where a man who, the the cupbearer to Pharaoh himself, when Pharaoh had a dream, the cupbearer said, oh yeah, I remember a guy in prison who interpreted my dream. Maybe he can help you. And so here's this moment where Joseph is pulled out of prison, brought before Pharaoh, the most, arguably the most powerful man in the world at that time. And he's brought before him and he interprets Pharaoh's dream. And then what does Pharaoh do? Pharaoh says, well, you should take care of the implementation of this plan. And Joseph becomes the second It says he became the second only to Pharaoh in the land of Egypt. In a moment. But I'll tell you, you know there's a lot of things that changed in Joseph from the time he stood up and told his brother and his mother and father, you're all going to bow down to me, to the time he was pulled before the most powerful man in the kingdom. You know that if the Joseph that announced his dream to his family would have announced himself to Pharaoh in the same manner, Joseph's life would be over. See, God did something in that for a time moment that transformed Joseph so that, the, so that Joseph would be equal to the size of the vision that God had put into his life. And it was as Joseph continued to serve and as, as his servant's heart grew, we see it later when his brothers, uh, his brothers are, they're, they're, they don't know who Joseph is. Joseph is, was in charge of administering the food in, a, in the midst of a famine. And his brothers come to him, but they don't know who he is. And he has this opportunity that he can take revenge on his family for what they've done. And instead, Joseph's response is, what you had meant for evil... God meant for good and to rescue, to rescue all of us. Talk about a change in perspective. 
See, that for a time moment, even though it was dark, even though it was restrictive, even though it was difficult, it was actually vital for the salvation, for the fulfillment of the dream his father had had with his head on a rock. Our situation may be less than ideal. Serve anyways. It may seem like it's evil in this season, but God can work it for good. We may be restricted and not able to do all that we want to do, but don't let what you can't do stop you from doing what you can do. There's always something we can do. And you know, this, we're gonna, I'm going to show a story in a minute here, but you know, typically when people move away from the church, we say goodbye and we say we're going to miss you. And we have the great story of, many of you know, Marcio and Haley Nunes, that they, they moved a thousand miles away. They actually moved to within like 30 miles of where my family comes from in Oregon. And it's, uh, it's interesting. They, well, instead of me telling their story, why don't they tell their story? Go ahead, guys. Just get my hair in the right position. <laughs> Hi, we are Haley and Marcia Nunes, and we've been a part of City Life Church for eight years. In the last eight years, we've grown a lot. Yeah. There's been so many things that we've seen come to life, and that's kind of how we got involved in, you know, the online location. We moved away to Oregon, and we uh, just love City Life and the heartbeat of City Life, and. We didn't want to leave, <laughs> so we needed to make a way. A way where we could still be a part of church, even though we weren't physically at church. Mike and Monica seeing us grow, and they kind of just, you know, told us we wanted to be a part of an online campus, and Kelly and I both just said, Yeah. We as believers know that connection is so important. And I think that at least for us, being so far away, it's helped us stay connected. Oh, for sure. We had like this vision and we were just gonna go for it and <laughs> hope that it worked. And it has surpassed Our what we thought. And it has been way more fun than we thought it was going <laughs> to be. <laughs> In the first little while, the biggest thing that we saw was like just the growth. Yeah, and it was a lot of people that weren't attending regularly or people who are, you know, in Vancouver or Ontario, Ontario that yeah. have moved away and haven't found a church family or with the new restrictions and stuff, haven't been able to attend a church. God is limitless. And I feel like that's kind of like what's been so cool about it is like there's no borders. I've been the most excited for seeing people that are a little more behind the scenes yeah. find connection. We've seen vulnerability. New faces are coming every day because we are in a generation that are very um, technology based. Yeah. based and, and it's easier to bring a friend that way. We just want to see more people grow in, yeah. you know, not only in their spiritual walk with Jesus, but their community. This is just another avenue where we can actually build connections that are maybe different, but they can change into something so beautiful that we can kind of cut out isolation and be a bridge to 
those that are seeking connection. Well, we know that this season is difficult and we understand that there's a lot that you may be facing, but we definitely encourage you, if you haven't already, join this group. Be a part of the change that is already happening online. It is so great. And um, I was just saying the other day to uh, Haley and Marcio, it's just like, you know, through this online presence, it's actually, I, f I don't actually feel like you've moved away. And I'm sure they're watching right now. It's like, because I'm seeing your face more than I'm seeing many faces. And, uh, you know, this is a perfect example. Don't let what you can't do stop you from doing what you can do. Because there's always something we can do. And uh, I want to just, I want to ask us some questions. These are, these are going to just challenge us a little bit. Are you okay with that? Yeah. Say yes, yes. Do we mourn what once was? Do we wait for, th are, are we waiting, are we waiting for things to go back to the way they were? I have news for you. It's never going back to the way it was. This is going to, this, this what's happened is accelerated the way the world was changing for a long time. We all knew that we were getting more and more disconnected from people. We, as a society, we were getting more and more, um, what would you say, socially dysfunctional. And it, it just accelerated something. But just because we're watching something pass away doesn't mean there's not something good that's coming in its place. That's been the role of the church since it was born, was to, to see the need that, that, that what's lacking in society and bring it back. The greatest moves of church, they weren't just moves where people got together and had potlucks. It's where they saw the need in society and began to meet it. Sorry, I'm just skipping down here because I'm out of time. Here's, here's some questions. Have I let my, my vision grow dim under the weight of this season? Have I let my gaze drop? What are the real issues of life that I'm wrestling with right now? Have I allowed restrictions to become an excuse for hiding a deeper issue in my life that I haven't been willing to confront? That's a pretty tough question, isn't it? what are the areas of my life that God could be trying to overhaul right now in this season that he wants to do something greater than even what I was ready for but in this season he can actually do something with something I haven't been willing to let him do let me finish with this Genesis chapter 41 it says that Pharaoh gave Joseph another name his name was Zaphna Penia, and his name meant God speaks and he lives. I'll tell you what God is doing in this season. He's trying to give us a new name, one that shouts to our world, God speaks and he lives. But there's a for a time we have to get through 
for that, for the new name to take root in our lives. What's the best way forward? Well, the surest way to keep living in our current experience is to change nothing. Don't, don't mourn what was lost, but get ready for what is going to be gained. As we were reading, you know, as we were, uh, as I was reading this morning in today's, we have the, the online devotional that it's Revelations 21.5 and it says, God, he said, I behold, I am making all things new. And I love what he said. He, God said to John after that, he said, write that down because it's trustworthy. And sometimes we need to just say, God is going to make all things new and we need to write it down. We need to write it down because it's trustworthy. It's trustworthy that he will do that. It's trustworthy that he will bring good out of every season. Let's stand to our feet. And let's put our hands on our hearts and just say, Jesus, I want you to work in my life in this season. Would you help me lift my gaze off my circumstance and get back on a dream? Would you lift my vision out of the immediate and let me see the eternal? Would you work in my life through this season? In Jesus' name, Jesus' name. Father, I pray for all, all of us here that as we lift our gaze, we would also lift our hands that we would also lift our hands to serve, that we would also lift our hands to work. Because it's as we, as we work, a dream, is, a dream is achieved. And Father, I just pray for a refreshing of the spirits of all here, all who are online, that you are doing something good through this season. That you're making all things new and we can trust you with that. I just want to pray one more prayer. It's a prayer saying yes to Jesus. And if you're here or you're watching online and you've never said yes to him, I'd like to encourage you, just join us as we pray. Let's pray, Jesus, I say yes to you. I trust you with my life. I want to follow you in your plan and your purpose. Come into my life now. Lead me. Speak to me and lead me into the best that you have for my life. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you want to take your next step in saying yes to Jesus, you can always contact us at cty.lc slash next step or fill out the next step section on the City Life app. It's an honor to play a small part in what God is doing in your life. We look forward to connecting with you soon.